And episode 93 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast is here. It's a Wednesday night, Mel. We're recording on a Wednesday night. It's been a long time between nighttime recordings. It has. It has. Have you missed it? This is completely relevant to listeners, but we're in, <laughs> we're in after hours mode to start off episode um, 93. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll be able to judge by the quality of the episode whether or not the brain is as sharp uh, in the evenings as it has become during the days now. Um, I have not exactly missed the nighttime recording. I'll be honest. Mm, so, if and or when I ever go back to work, that, yeah, we'll have to see what we can do about me just having a day off to do podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, not much has changed. I mean, I've still got my work colleague here sitting next to me, uh, but he's snoring now, so he's had a big day. He's, he's clocked off. Oh. I'm, I'm talking about Buster. Yeah, but he often snores while we record he during does. the day as well. He's rude, isn't he's he? He's a bit of a round-the-clock snorer. <laughs> He is, but I, but I tell you wouldn't what, be the same without him. No, I, I love Buster. Buster's my shadow. He's my white shadow. I'm going to put a photo of Buster up on the uh, Facebook this week, so you can all know what I'm talking about. Because we've had a rough little time with Buster. I've had a rough couple of weeks, Mel, and it started. Aww. It started with a visit to uh, the emergency hospital with Buster a few nights ago. In fact, it was it was after a park run. It was, it was Saturday. Last week, after we were together at North Harbour, I flew back down to Melbourne and came home and, and found little Buster in a lot of distress. And as he's prone to do, Buster's been to the emergency hospital a couple of times. They, they know who he is. And he always manages to, to do it like on a Saturday night when you can't take him to the vet. It's got to be the, uh, the emergency hospital miles away. But uh, we sorted him out. So he's, he's doing okay. And then poor little Kasha. We've had a little visit to the hospital with my daughter in the past couple of weeks. So, my goodness, it's been a tough... Frequent flyers to the emergency services for Team Trickett. Yeah, a tough shit few weeks for me. And the, the only good thing to look forward to, I hate to say, is Parkrun and my Parkrun friends and colleagues to make things right again. And so Kasha has been pretty unwell. And uh, we still took her to Parkrun... On Saturday, is that is that a bad thing? Are we bad parents? Well, you didn't take her out of hospital to go to Parkrun, did you? No, not quite. Not quite. But <laughs> we... Close? You sound like you've got one of those voices where it was like almost. I was questioning my decision, but um, we went out to Highlands, which is uh, the friendliest Parkrun I've been to. They, they have a reputation. There's a few, and we're going to speak to one later in the podcast, a friendly park run. But whenever you go to Highlands, it's always friendly. The people are always friendly. I know Ivana looks forward to going there because it's just a good, a good vibe. And it's a, it's a three-lap event. I've talked about Highlands before. So I knew that yeah. I knew that um, Kasha couldn't, wouldn't do the, uh, the whole park run. She would duck out after one lap. Okay, well, that's – so this is, this is good parenting. You know, you went to a place that – didn't force your daughter to do five kilometres when she's not been well. No. I, I did the same thing. My my fur daughter, Clover, she only did the first lap of two laps on the weekend. So I didn't force her to do the second one. So I'm I'm going for the voting of this is good parenting. Yes, I think it is. You know, I, I felt she needed the uh, to be out 
to be out in the fresh air, although it was pouring with rain in Saturday, on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's it. We had a bit of fun. We had a bit of fun trying to dodge the rain. We had this crappy little uh, umbrella that we were trying to hide under. And uh, for 10 or 15 minutes or so on Saturday morning, I, I got a couple of laughs and smiles out of my door, which was lovely, really lovely. A relief, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope you had a few more laughs and smiles at your park run on Saturday. Well, before we go on to my story, can we just establish Kasha's okay, though, right? Kasha has come good, yes. Touch wood. Okay, good. All right, we everybody's... Still, we still have no idea what's going on, but... Um, Yes. Okay. All right. Well, now I can concentrate on me since um, I know that she's okay. Um, yes, there was more smiles uh, for my park running on the weekend. I This is the first time I've managed to take all my children, my, my two dogs and my son to park run, um, as well as some family met us there, and we went down to Coomera for Adam Gimbert's Gimbert's uh, um, 250th milestone run. And actually, while we're talking about milestones, I would like to give a shout out to my good friend Matt Pollock, who is doing his hundredth park run this weekend, I believe, um, at Port Mac. I hope he's doing it in a kilt, though I haven't had any confirmation about what he will be wearing but if you're listening to this before parkrun day Matt congratulations I hope you make it around the whole course because otherwise you're going to have to do your milestone again next week and uh, if you're listening to it afterwards congratulations you did it (laughs) is he Scottish? but I digress Ah, well it makes sense because um, I, I mean I don't know if he is or not but Pollock is actually the first place in Scotland to have a park run so that that it would indicate his last name Scottish I don't know I have to ask the question well the, the obvious reason I ask is because you said he was going to do it in a kilt well he's he's run a lot of park runs in kilts right as you do yeah. as you do if you own a kilt oh, okay um, I, I'm yet to attend one where I've seen a kilted park runner. It is one of the bucket list items for me. Go to a park run where the men are in kilts. Of course. <laughs> it's everyone's. It's on everyone's bucket list. Yeah, it's it's the obvious thing. Um, but I am I'm going way off on a tangent. Yep. So, so let's get I'll bring back. It back. Let's in. get back. Was Adam in a kilt? Adam Gimbert. Adam was not. In a kilt, no. He wore his parkrun apricot. Adam Urbacher in a kilt. No, also my Adam was not in a kilt. There were. I, I have established that I've never been to a parkrun where the gentleman True, I'm not paying attention. So, no, you are not. <laughs> um, but it was a very toasty day on Saturday. Um, there was a horse on the course, which oh, it must just be... You know, it was a full moon last night. I think it's just in my stars at the moment. I had a Shetland pony incident on my street last week and I don't live where you find Shetland ponies just grazing across the road um, at 7 o'clock in the morning, usually, until last week. But then on Saturday as well, there was a horse just running around on the course at Coomera. Um, so they kind of stopped the start before it happened, just until it got out of the way. Um, 
and and then we were off and it was a warm morning and so Clover um who was being walked by my niece or run I should say um she could only make it one lap because being a little black dog and um starting to grow back after her first uh summer haircut um, it was a bit toasty for her. I managed to get Enu around the whole course, although he, he found the only two muddy puddles and and did his best to splash it all over himself to cool down. So, uh, But he, he managed to get around. And Wes as well, of course. He did it in the pram with his dad this time. So we were obeying all the rules. One pram, no ch- no dog versus one dog per person. So... Everybody was distributed as they should be, and it was a really good morning, really good morning. Um, a nice little course. I've never done a double out and back before, so that was a new experience for me, and obviously everybody was very welcoming and friendly too, so that was event number 47. What number are you up to now, Scotty? I'm at 48. <sighs> so it, it, yeah. You're still one ahead of me, and you didn't even go to a new event last weekend. No, I didn't, and I'm not going to go to one for a while, I've decided. I want to wait for you to catch up, Mel. I've got a little bit of pity. Um, oh! <laughs> so. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> You've got a little bit of pity. Yeah, I, I don't want you to fall too far behind, so I'm just going to wait for you to catch up, and then I'll... Oh, that sounds like a cop-out. <laughs> You must you must have to be somewhere else, and this is just the the facade that you're you're going to put up. Not you're at going all. to tell people that this is the. Oh, so okay, all right. If you say so, you wait. You wait for me. Event number five in Australia is Kira Park Run, and. It has been remiss of us to take this long to get to Kira. So we're headed there this week. We have got the third ED to ever take the reins at Kira Parkrun, and her name is Em Nicholson. Em, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurous Podcast. Hello, Scott. Hello, Mel. It's uh, lovely to be speaking to you. Huge honour, I must say, too. I'm a long-time listener. I love the podcast. Oh, well, you've just gone straight to the top of the list of our favourite ever Guest EDs. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> now, it's, it, it is really, I, I wasn't lying when I said it's remiss of us to have not been to Kira, uh, even if virtually on the podcast yet. It has a reputation that precedes it for being a fast course, and I'd like to talk to you about that. But first, let's, let's jump into the, you're the third person to take on the ED role there. How did that all come about? Well, it, uh, Kira Parkrun started on the 18th of February 2012, and as you mentioned, we are the fifth oldest. Um, Paul Ralph, the ED at Main Beach, never lets me forget that fact. He's first on fifth. Um, so Chris Van Hoof started it off. Um, he did it single-handedly for a few years uh, before taken over by Pete, uh, Pete Sinfield, and I was an RD under Pete, Pete um, very committed to athletics in Australia, and had a lot on his plate, so he, he gave advance warning that he was going to step down and we kind of looked amongst ourselves at, at a meeting and, and I kind of shuffled forward and said, yep, I'll do it, I guess. But I, I've loved it. It really has been an amazing experience being an ED. Mel touched on it. You have a reputation for being fast, but you've also got a reputation recently for being very friendly and welcoming. I, 
think we've always been a very welcoming part run. Like I, I always, you know, refer to the three Fs at Kira. We're fast, flat and friendly. And I think that comes from being a, a well-established community. Uh, we, we have a, a, you know, a symbiotic relationship with one of the local running groups as well between towns, runners and walkers. Um, so everyone knows everyone and it does have that feel of being a big family and, you know, we go out of our way too when, you know, we've been contacted by, by tourists, you know, needing, you know, a bit of information or a bit of assistance. We, we try and go above and beyond to welcome them and we've organised lifts in the past and, and, and things like that. So friendly, definitely a good way of describing Kira. And what about the fast part of it? Now, I have run Kira. Uh, it was very hot, so it wasn't fast for me. But <laughs> do lots of people come to Kira to run a fast time? I, I, our course is a, is a fairly wide, um, reasonably straight, um, straight out and back with a kind of little um, kilometre on the end before you've crossed the finish line. Um, so we, we do get a lot of people to you know wanting to come down, especially pram runners who want to give it a, a decent crack because they they feel welcome. It, it's you know it's it's so smooth, it really is. And as a pram runner myself, I'm, I'm very thankful uh, for that, especially when it's hot. Um, we I, I believe the professor um, Prof Al Bur uh, Alan Burrell at one stage had a list of the fastest average times in Australia. I think um, Kira came second, which was something that made me quite happy to, to boast about. Kira, we've you know, we've gone from when I took over as ED or even just joined the RD team. I think we were averaging about eighty um, each Saturday. I think we're up to we average about one hundred and sixty now. So we've attracted a, a lot of um, walkers, um, a lot of pram runners. So I, I wonder where we'd actually be on the list now. But you know, I don't mind if we've dropped as average fast time because we've got slower slower you know runners and walkers. I think it's fantastic to see. Um, walkers out there and as a bit of a back of the pack myself it's it's great that we've got such a welcoming park run. Always wonderful to have a really good mix of people from all different levels. Now um, Scotty mentioned that he's run there once but I'm pretty sure he's shown up in the results a few more times than that. <laughs> um, Scott has actually run at uh, Kira I think about three times um, and not even actually been there so one of the emails that got sent out a while ago um, to, to all park runners just to let them know about barcode scanning and that we must always have a printed barcode. I, he actually used an example being his own barcode and uh, one or two runners took it a little bit too literally and actually printed it out and presented it as their barcode at the end of the park run. So Scott, um, yeah, Scotty uh, messaged me just to say, look, um, you might want to go and check the results. And I think he was a bit disappointed too that um, it wasn't as fast as what he probably would have run it had he run it himself. And no, it wasn't the wasn't the time I was disappointed in. It was that <laughs> I've already run it, Kira. So I didn't need to. I didn't need the uh, event on my list. Otherwise, I might have kept quiet just to get one up on Mel. <laughs> Yeah, but we did a do an, a, a, an appeal to, to find the runner to, to, you know, sort out what his actual barcode is so that we could, you know, credit him the the run. Um, we One of my RDs even did up the a wanted poster, but uh, he never did come forward our, our, our random unknown with your barcode. But uh, it'd be interesting to know who it was or whether he was a visitor or, or a regular curer. I, I couldn't work it out from the yeah. photos, so... Well, let's hope he's worked it out and he's printing his own <laughs> barcode now. Let's hope we haven't lost him to Parkrun. Or just given up, <laughs> given yeah. up because he never never got the email with his results. Yeah. 
<laughs> now, Em, you mentioned that you're a back-of-the-pack runner. So tell us how you get in, got involved in this running event called Park Run. I, um, I work in Coolangatta. Um, I'm, well, I may as well come clean and admit that I'm a police officer. So uh, quite often uh, my weekends shift at start at 6 a.m. in the morning. So um, 6 a.m., you know, get, my, get ready to go out, get my first coffee, start up at Point Danger and then do the slow cruise up the, up the coast patrolling if, if I didn't have a job to go to. And I'd always go past about 7 a.m. this big mass of people and, and wonder what the hell they were up to. Um, at that stage, the, the gazebo had park on it. So I did a bit of Googling and, and worked it out and and then thought, well, it's um, interesting. I might go and, and join in. I gradually worked up the courage over a few months and went to my first park run and kind of snuck in the back and, and gazed down at my shoes and didn't really look at anyone. I was a bit embarrassed to be there, being what I thought extremely slow, but um had my first run and, and then just I, I think the bug bit really. I, I just I can't imagine a Saturday not being out at a park run, whether it's volunteering or, or being, you know, a tourist somewhere. But park park run is just amazing and it, it can be addictive and for me it really has been addictive. Um I had my daughter uh Sophie on a Thursday and at Pindara Hospital and it's about five minutes drive from Broad Beach Waters Park Run and by Saturday, I was there in the hospital trying to work out how I could go and sneak out <laughs> and whether the nurses would notice me missing if I snuck out to Broad Beach Waters Park Run, but probably not a good idea. Well, that's up for debate. And, and the addiction <laughs> is, a, is a good addiction. It's a good yeah. addiction to have. Mm. Let's go back to you. You said it took you a while to build up the courage to go. So what are we talking, weeks or how long did it take few... before you actually came to Park Run? Look, it, it took me a, a few months just to go and finally give myself that kick up the, the bottom to actually go there because not knowing – I didn't know anyone connected to Parkrun. I, I didn't have any friends who, who already did Parkrun. Um, Kira was a bit of a, a new event back then. It was a, a few months old and, and certainly Parkrun itself didn't have the exposure that it has now. Um, so, no, it was just one Saturday. I just thought, no, I'm going to do it. I got down there and, and I did it and – you know, I went intermittently when work permitted. Um, I think the big turning point was um, meeting a, a young lady called Laura Purdy, who at that time was a, a run director, and got to know her and then just gradually got to meet more and more people. And, and now it's, it's I, know, I know everyone. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. Not just to Kira, but, you know, I can go to a, a random event such as the Fast 10K recently up in Brisbane and, I didn't have anyone that I knew there, but the next thing you know, there's Michaela Wilson, the ED at Meadowbrook, and and then um, Chrissy, who's at uh, ED at Greenbank, and it, it's like you can go to any event and you'll find someone that you know and and feel very welcomed by. Lucky for the rest of the parkrun world that you got up the courage to head along, Em. Now you you're also quite the adventurer. You've been to several different events over your. Uh, tenure with Park Run. Can you give us some inside tips on where some of your favourites are? Oh, I, I finally made the list this last Saturday. Uh, I went up to Logan River um, for the um, plus size Park Runners Dash in the Dress. So that was my 20th. So I am now on the list, which, you know, considering it's taken me five years to get there, uh, I'm ecstatic. Um, for me, like I'm a 530 runner, uh, Northern Division. 
So for me, Warwick is our spiritual home. So Warwick's up there as a parkrun because of the fact, you know, I've got a lot of friends there. And it's also a lovely run along the river. Uh, God, this is so hard. Um, Kingscliff definitely is very much like uh, Kira. Um, Dawn Courage, the ED there, refers to Kingscliff as Kira Light. Um, but it's, you know, the same sort of nice wide path and, and fast as well and, and you get a bit of a sea breeze and the opportunity to have a bit of a dip in the ocean after you run. Uh, oh. Main Beach, um, it's the bushy park of park run in Australia, so it, it's definitely up there as well. I, I don't think that, you know, I'll be a little bit more, you know, I, I don't think there's a, a park run that I haven't enjoyed in some way, um, some more than others, but, you know, they're, they're all great and they've all got their different unique aspects. And, again, you get to meet a whole new bunch of wonderful people. So, yeah, I, I can't really nominate too many that are above particularly any other one. So can I cop out of that question that way? You can. That's a great answer. <laughs> Sorry. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, which you say you have, we've introduced a new question. And that is, if money were no object, which park run do you think you would head to? Oh, I, I think, and you probably hear this one over and over again, probably Bushy Park over in the UK. Um, just for the fact that it is the very first event. Um, can, can I... Break. I don't know whether there's news that you guys know about or not, but I have just had a little birdie tell me that there's a park run that will be starting up in Aspen, Colorado next year. And I, I think that would be a pretty bloody good place to go to as well, especially in winter, oh, to do a Christmas on, park. Yeah, it's going to be on many people's lists. and um, It's going to be interesting because in summer it's going to be completely different um, <laughs> to winter. And I'm not even sure if they're going to be able to run in winter, but... They they assure us they will, I think, so. If they can do it in Russia, surely they can do it in Colorado. Well, Emma, thank you for coming on the podcast and breaking all this news. And um, Oh, I'm us... sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's I'm great. I'm so sorry. Don't, don't apologise. We, we, we need to inform the adventurers about these new park runs that they can mm, hope. I got, a they... Little, I got a little bit excited about that because I know that it's been a little bit um, – it's been a bit slow for Parkrun to take off in the United States, it seems. So any any news breaking of a new event over there, I think, shows that it, it's very promising over there and, and plenty of spots in the future for us to, to venture to. And I know lots of Australians and lots of Americans will be adding Kira to their list. Thanks for coming on the podcast this week, Em, and telling us all about the fun times at Kira. Thank you very much for having me. Coast to Kosciuszko is one of the iconic ultra marathons in this country. It's a crazy long way, and last year our guest managed to win the event. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin Muller. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Kevin, you're back to defend your title this year, so you're gearing up to run Coast to Cosy again on Friday morning. Are you ready? Are you feeling good? Oh yeah, I'm I'm as ready as I ever can be. I'm feeling fit and uh, uninjured, but 
it's such a, a long event that anything can go wrong on the day. And how exactly does somebody prepare for an event like this? Oh, I think everyone everyone has their own ways of preparing, but it's just getting out and, and doing runs pretty much every day. Uh, and I, I like to do a lot of uh, the ultras in the lead up to it anyway. To, to some people go in fairly fresh, but I, I usually go in uh, having done a lot of races. And would that include a lot of elevation in those races? Oh, yeah. I, I, I mix it up a bit. I, I do um, yeah, flat road races. And, and also the, the trails and even just runs around uh, athletics tracks. Uh, but I do, I have been uh, purposefully doing a bit more elevation in the last couple of months. Kevin, we should take a step back and explain exactly what the race is. Can you tell us how, where it starts and what you do over two or three yeah. days? Yep, it's, uh, it starts at Friday, 5.30 a.m. at um, Boytown Beach just south of uh, Eden at the mouth of the Nalika River and then it runs mainly back roads all the way up to Mount Kosciuszko and then just uh, another 9k back down to Charlotte's Pass where the, the finish line is. And it's, uh, it's 240 kilometres and uh, because it's using public roads and you have your accrued vehicles, the uh, New South Wales Police do restrict the, uh, the numbers so it's, the fields are normally limited to 50 people. And over those 250 kilometres, you're climbing up a lot and you mentioned you've got crews so crewing is a big part of ultra marathoning isn't it yeah i mean i can do simple ones around the athletics track where you can be have a crew or, or no crew because you can have your, all your gear and your food on a, on a table that you just run past but this this event yeah it's a, a must that you have a crew uh and they're stuck in a, a car together for anywhere from a day and a half to almost two days. So it's important that they get along well with their runner and they get along well with each other without going very crazy. Now, Kevin, this year, 2017, will be your sixth year running. Is that correct? Uh, yes, yeah, that's right. Um, I've had five attempts. I've finished four times and, and DNF'd one. And and when you DNF'd, you DNF'd at 162 kilometres. How... Can you, can you talk us through that? Because um, I, I've, I've had one DNF. Um, I, I actually completed the marathon, but it took too long, so I was outside the finish time. Um, but 162 kilometres, that's insane. I, I don't know if that would break my heart or if I would, like, how, how do you react to that and how does that even happen? Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's a... It's one thing, memory for me that uh, I always uses a, a driving force to to keep going in any other event uh, since then because it's uh, it really guts you afterwards when you think, oh, maybe could I have kept going, or and it's um, it's a really disappointing feeling for for the next couple of weeks or you know even longer afterwards. But yeah, at, at the time on that on that run, I had actually broken my leg during the year, and um, I probably tried to get too quick and did too much too soon. I think I walked myself out and, uh, yeah, I just, I got to a point uh, during the during the night where I was pushing as hard as I can. I looked down at my watch and I was doing about 10 minutes per kilometre pace and uh, just uh, really, really struggling. And I was at the base of the blocker range and the thought of um, pushing up that um, just was too much for me at the time. Let's go back to happier times last year. Yes. Yeah. Did you did you go in with the expectation that you could win it last year? Uh, not not really. You just 
I mean, I have uh, come third a couple of times, so you just never know what was going to happen on the day. I thought yeah, there was a couple of quick runners that, um, that I thought would probably finish in front of me, but one of them uh, pulled out after about 80 kilometres, and I just had a had a, a really good run and um, didn't have much in the way of bad patches. So yeah, ran fairly strong all the way through. So running is one aspect of ultra marathons, but the mental side is such a massive part of it too. Have you become mentally stronger over the years of doing these crazy distances? Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, I think the, the first few ultra marathons I did is always stages where you'd uh, I'd, I'd be struggling to keep pushing through and wondering why I was doing it, and thinking this is going to be the last time I ever do one of these uh, long distance ones. But um, nowadays I'm finding it's a lot easier to uh, to push through and and get to the end. I think. Um, just your training runs, uh, when you're training on tired legs, it, it sort of mentally helps um, give you mental strength and preparation for the run as well. Do you sleep during the race? Oh, no, no. Just, you haven't got time, yeah, have you? Through. I always, no, yeah, I'd, I'd worry about if I, if I stop, I'd probably seize up and get really sore and be too hard to get going again. So is that another challenge, trying to stay awake for 30 hours? Or is that pretty easy? Oh, no, not really. I've done uh, 48 hour track runs and, and stayed awake the whole, whole way through. It's impressive stuff. It really is. And I'm sure you get told that a lot. But it's a little bit inhuman, I reckon, what you guys do. Yeah, well, there's a few of us out there. So they're all, they're all the same. It's all the same sort of uh, people doing these runs. I think the nice term is nutters. Nutters. <laughs> yeah. I know what gets me back to parkrun every week. And I know what gets a lot of people back to parkrun every week. But. You keep doing these really, really ridiculously long distances and these amazing events, Kevin. What what sucks you back in to go back again? Oh, um, I just I like running each weekend, and it's uh, better to run in a group or an organised run than just by yourself all the time. It's ultra running fairly boring, and uh, when you're when you're out there by yourself, so um, and when I. I I'm in the army and I got posted to Brisbane three years ago and I was deciding which park run I was going to do, which was closest to home. And then I decided I'll, I'll try them all out. And um, yeah, I've managed to do all the park runs in South East Queensland over the last three years. And have you got a pick of all those park runs? You, you've been, you mentioned you've been to a lot of them around Queensland. Have you got some favourites amongst them? Oh, this, I like, um, because I've done most of them only once. Uh, but I, I like um, the Bunyaville because it's the, the trail and it's nice and nice and hilly, a bit off road. I think, and then, then there's some of the beachside ones uh, along the Gold Coast and yeah, Sunshine Coast and the Rocks Riverside in, in Brisbane. I mean, there's plenty of really nice ones around. But your home is listed as Albury, Kevin. Is that just an anomaly? Have you? Yeah. Oh no, um, I've just changed that on the park run. Because I'm I'm moving back to Albury next week. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I was in Albury, uh, Wodonga, uh, before I moved up to Brisbane three years ago, and I've just been um, getting posted back again. Albury, Wodonga is a fantastic base for you to be able to get in some Victorian and some New South Wales, Wales Welsh park runs. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, a few new ones have started up since I've been away. Uh, I haven't done Mount Beauty or or Wagga or Chuka at this stage, but I've got my um, I've got family down in Melbourne, so I've done some of the Melbourne ones, but 
is still lots out there that I haven't done yet. Okay, Kevin, so you've got the race coming up on Friday. Do you, do you treat it like a race? Like are you going in with the expectation to win, to race it, or do you just want to get through it? Uh, just, oh, the first first priority is to try and get through it because if you, if you try and race it, um, it'll probably uh, finish you off. Uh, you won't, won't get it finished. But um, I usually just go in with a time goal and wherever that gets me in the field, it, that's, um, that's pretty much it. I, I don't try and specifically go for specific uh, you know, placing in the field until probably but once it's about 90% done, then you can think about racing it. But you usually just try and, I try and do a PV every time I do a run. Well, good luck, Kevin. We wish you all the best and look forward to hearing how you go. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we should hopefully finish sometime on Saturday. Mel, deep in the inner recesses of your mind, do you have any desire to do a 250km ultramarathon? Hell yeah. Oh, really? It's not, even, it's not even that deep. It's just fairly shallowly in there. Oh, wow. That surprises me. I learn something about you every week, Mel Urbacker. <laughs> just because I've got a desire doesn't mean it's ever going to happen. Oh, okay. I also have a desire to be able to run five kilometers again, and I'm still, every time I get out there and I start, I was just like, really? Do I really want to do this? <laughs> so, well, yeah. I don't, I don't, but I you don't. never know. Yeah, I don't. Like That's like just too far. I'm getting my head around. I'm committing to do a marathon next year, Ooh. and um, even that's been that's been a big, big stretch for me just to get to to that stage. But uh, man, these ultras. Yeah, I guess you know, it's it's a really big commitment in time for training for a marathon. You know, it's it's six months of your life away from your family as much as you want, and you know, just. Eating, sleeping, running, working. So, but I think, I mean, maybe you don't have that desire because you're faster than I am. And for me, it's kind of like if if you're a back of the packer runner, you you feel like you should be able to just do that for a long, long, long time. And maybe that's where your strength lies. <laughs> you, you're not a, I'm not a sprinter, so I must be an endurance athlete. I just haven't realised my endurance athletic potential yet. That's yeah. my story anyway. Okay. Well, it's a theory. It's a theory. Yeah. So, well, I look forward to following your progress and your journey towards Coast to Kosciuszko 2018. Oh no no, not no. eighteen. You might you might wanna well, don't you have to do like qualifying times to get into those sorts of things anyway? I think you do, yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm nowhere near that kind of ballpark at this stage. You you also have to do those qualifying Coast to Kosciuszko two thousand and nineteen. Look I'll let you in on a bit of a secret, Scotty. I've registered for two virtual runs next year, okay? To get me running again. Okay. The first one is in January. It's called New Me, no, not New Me, <laughs> New Year, New Unicorn. <laughs> and I'll give you one guess as to what the medal looks like. A unicorn. <laughs> you win the prize. <laughs> and the other one is, um, oh, the other one's in March. 
and I can't remember. It's, it's. I think it's the time. It's called the Time Lord Virtual Run, and the medal is a TARDIS. Okay. An actual TARDIS. Well, not an actual TARDIS, but it's it's a very small metal version of a TARDIS. So that's why I'm doing that one in March. But I'm banking on the fact that these two virtual runs will get me back out there properly running again. Because, uh, to be honest, I've been missing something ever since the end of Streaky September. And I just haven't been able to get that motivation back. And virtual runs is the way to go. The TARDIS. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to horrify you here. That's Doctor Who, yeah? Yeah, there's okay. nothing horrifying about... Well, you knew if you'd asked me if it was... You know, something to do with Star Trek, I might have hit you virtually. I just wasn't 100% <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, you can be forgiven for that. Yeah. Did they have a character on Doctor Who called McDreamy? <laughs> McDreamy? <laughs> <laughs> I think you know very well where McDreamy's from. Where's that from? Refresh my memory, Are you serious? <laughs> of course. Grey's Anatomy. You got McDreamy and McSteamy. And apparently, somebody, one of our listeners, has got it into her head that you somewhat resemble McDreamy in some way. Oh, really? I don't know if that's visually or if it's mannerisms <laughs> or... To be honest, I think Patrick Dempsey's a little bit old to play you. Oh, thanks. I would have gone with a younger actor. But there's no denying his charisma and the animal magnetism of him. So uh, if I were you, I'd take it as a compliment. Yes. Yeah, well, I did. I did. Um, I watched Grey's Anatomy. I really liked it for a few seasons there. I did too. But have you ever done it on um, – I, I mean, it's on Netflix too, but have you ever done a binge watch of Grey's Anatomy, like what, a season over a few days? Because I tell you – it's got a really high body count and it can be quite depressing <laughs> watching episode after episode of all these people just dying. Well, it's in a hospital mill. That's what people do in hospitals. They die. No, people go there to get better. They don't go there to die. Hmm. I wonder what the mortality rate is. I don't wonder that. No, I'm. I am doing a virtual run called New Year, New Unicorn. I like to live in the happy fairylands. Yes. Please. There you go. Well, Netflix didn't come at us with um, sponsorships, so on our weekly. You're Netflix, kidding? No, they didn't. They didn't. They this might. This is shocking news. The, the, to me. the Netflix execs <laughs> might be one of those listeners who are a few episodes behind, so I'm going to give them a bit oh, of okay. leeway. They're busy give them guys. A couple more weeks. Busy guys and girls. It at is Netflix. a silly season. <laughs> yeah, I digress again. Um, as, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I'm back at the gym now. And do you know at gyms now, you can watch Netflix while you're on the treadmill. Before we go on, can you please explain gym to me? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why? What is motivating you to do this? It's indoors. And there are things that you have to lift and push and pedal. Yeah, I, I just need my beach body back, Mel. I need my uh, summer bod back. I think uh, Yvonne is losing interest. And um, <laughs> doesn't she know you look like Patrick Dempsey? How could that be? <laughs> yeah, well, she hasn't picked up on that. Okay, and you're the only one who's joined the gym. Yeah, yeah, but you can watch Netflix okay. at the gym now. 
Like it's it's a lot. I haven't been to the gym for a few years, and it's a lot better now than it was. You know where else you can watch Netflix? At home on your couch. I know. I know that. Which is within a short walking distance to the freezer where the ice cream is. But right now, but right now it's a gimmick. <laughs> like it's a gimmick enough okay. for me to. I know I can watch it on the couch. I know I can watch it in my bed on my phone. But the idea of watching it on the <laughs> treadmill, like, is another incentive to go to the gym. I was super okay. impressed. And what what do you choose to watch when you're at the gym and you're watching Netflix? Have you well, actually done it yet, or well, is let's, just, <laughs> let's not get too far to ahead. Talk yourself into going there. <laughs> okay, like, I've been once. I've been once. You've been. <laughs> But in that one visit, I discovered Netflix on the treadmill. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can you can you Strava your gym sessions? Well, that's another development. So that you, when you join the gym, you get this app, and this app knows when you're on the treadmill, and it. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't worked, like I said, I've been there once, but I'll explore this and I'll report back. On the okay, modern... good. Because if it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. So <laughs> I'm not going to believe you're gone to the gym unless I see it on Strava. Okay. Okay. Keep watching Strava. Now, let's get back to Parkrun. They've got these things oh, called okay. launches and anniversaries. And people like to know about them, Mel. They do. And we have something that's launching this week that originally was going to launch last week. Yep. But then it didn't. And that's Marriott Waters in Victoria. But joining them down in Tasmania is Windsor Precinct. That's a cool name for a park run. Yeah, it is. But always super exciting when Tassie gets a new run because it's only happened a handful of times and there are more and more coming. But still, it's going to make it more difficult for people to become statesmen in Tassie. Tasmania is becoming a lot more appealing. I've never been there, but the more park runs they add, uh, I'm I'm looking up flights the more to you Tassie. Want to go. Yep. Mm. You should. You're so close. I know. My gosh. I'm I'm trying to convince Adam to let me go next next year so that I can do the new Southern Compass Point. Oh, I might need some help help convincing him that I need to go back. Now. There are a few anniversaries happening this week, and I have been to three out of six of them. I don't know how many you've done, but the first one, let's let's click it off. Airlie Beach. Done it. In Queensland. Done it. Okay. Central Lakes in no. Queensland. No, no, not yet. Would like to. Menai no. in New South Wales. No. Nope. How about Rudy Hill in New South Wales? <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> you giggled. You giggled last year when we had this one too. Yep. No, I haven't been there either. Okay. This is a bit sad, isn't it? Stanthorpe in Queensland. No, haven't been there. Stockton, New South Wales. Nope. And you call yourself an adventurer. <laughs> You've been to one out of the six. Yep. There's a lot of events in Australia, Mel. I can't get to them all. There's only, there's a lot of events, and there's only one of me. Well, I think we established earlier that that, there's more than one of you, but okay. Let's revisit this next week. I reckon I'll do better next week. Okay. I haven't looked at the calendar for next week yet, so I could be in trouble, but fair call. 
Well, this week, Scotty, I would like to thank you for joining me because I know you've had a shit time lately and I appreciate it when you can fit recording a podcast into your schedule. High priority, Mel, as you know. Saturday morning is a highlight of my week, but also Wednesday night, Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, whenever we record, is another highlight. Well, let's do it all again next week, shall we? Let's speak to you then.